We a lot of times wait for God to do something when God has already begun something. He's already done something. He went to the cross. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. There is everything in his hands. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We have a God who knows the ins and the outs of our life. Who understands every situation, every trial, every need, every, everything that we could possibly go through. He understands it. And He looks down and He knows that He loves His children and He loves His people. And so He says, I've, got, I've called them for such a time as this. Amen. And so tonight, we're going to open the Word of God to Titus, the second chapter, and the 11th verse. Amen. The Bible says this. He says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you would bow your heads right now, mighty God, we ask God, as we come before you tonight, God, that you would anoint these lips of clay, God, that you would, God, to deliver the word that you would desire to be fed to your people, God. God, I ask that it doesn't come from me, God, but you would help me to deliver the word as you would have it spoken. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated tonight. Amen. Tonight, I was looking at this scripture that says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all of us. Amen. And the Bible tells us that we are to look for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. But if we go between those two verses, we find a scripture that tells us and teaches us that denying ungodly and unworldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in in this present world. And so I want to take the title of my message tonight from this scripture and I want to title this message Love Not This Present World. Amen. So many times we hear the message that Jesus, amen, is coming back and I still believe that one day my Savior is coming back and I still believe that Jesus is coming back and I believe that we are closer to the coming of the Lord than ever before. Second Timothy 3 1 through 5 says, but understanding this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud and arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful and unholy, heartless and unappeasable, slanderous and without self-control. They'll be brutal. Amen. Not loving good, treacherous and reckless, swollen with conceit, 
lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God and having the appearance of godliness but they deny the power that works in their life amen so many times we look at this scripture and we can see the world around us pastor Abbott as you begin to discuss this morning so much disrespect toward authority or anybody that would try to 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 help them in their life they don't want it anymore and so we find where people are disobedient to their parents they spit in the face of the police officers and they run their mouth against teachers and and people who are trying to help them and a lot of times I can understand where they're where they're hate or where they're where they're coming from because they, they they are looking for somebody to take the blame for the problems in their life they're looking for somebody to take the the, the blame and, and and to take away the the pain that they feel in their life and they don't understand that what they really need is Jesus amen and I want to know tonight how many are excited to know that Jesus is still coming back I still believe the old time message amen that Jesus could come back at any moment that he could come back in the twinkling of an eye I still believe that Jesus is coming back I still believe you know I have heard that preachers are out there preaching saying that they know the time Pastor Abbott when Jesus is coming that they, they, they they've seen this and this happen and that they can look at the scriptures and find where Jesus is coming back but I would say that's a bunch of hogwash and the reason why I say that is because Matthew 24 36 says but of the, but on that day and on that hour no one knows not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. For as the days were before the flood, they were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and living in marriage. Amen. Giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not know until the flood came and took them away. Amen. You see, they were just going on about life. They were going through the normal everyday routines, brother. Ray, they were just going from day to day and they didn't know that, that there was judgment coming but I believe today that my Savior is coming amen not that that judgment is coming because I don't fear the coming of the Lord because the Bible says when you see these things happening that you ought to rejoice for your redemption draws nigh amen it ain't about my judgment because I know I have a king who put himself on a cross for me, he didn't have to do it, but I'm so glad that he did. He didn't have to give himself, but I'm so glad that he did. Amen. The Bible says, for as, as, as it was in those days, so shall it be in the becoming of the Son of Man. He says there will be two that will be working in the field. One will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other one will be left. I wonder tonight how many of you are going to be the ones that are taken. How many of you are going to say, I'm not going to let my family go through anything, but I'm going to take them out of this world and I'm going to preach the gospel to everybody that I can because I won't be the ones left behind. Amen. I will love not this present world. Amen. So we find where the scripture goes on and it says, but now this that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. The Bible says, therefore, you also should be ready. Amen. For the Son of Man is coming 
And the hour is going to be a time when we don't expect. It's not going to be something, Brother Abbott, that we can sit around and wait for the timer to go off and, and, and know what time we have left. We don't know how much time we have left, but I know what God's done for me, and I know what God's done for you, and I can be thankful that I can get ready, and I can stay ready, and I can lead my family to Christ. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 4 and 8, he says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. See, the present world is that world that wants to tie you down to everything that can, can hold you to this earth. The things that want to hold you and keep you from God. The things that want to try to discourage you from living for God. The things that want to discourage you from walking with God. It's a present world that we live in. A world that tries to draw your attention to taskmasters that will drive your life. Amen. But the Bible says... Amen. That there was this man named Demas. And you need to understand who Demas was. You see, Demas had a one time, at one time he had been one of Paul's followers in the gospel. Amen. Along with Mark and Luke and some others. Amen. During Paul's first imprisonment in Rome, Demas was also with him in Rome. You see, Demas was with Paul during Paul's second imprisonment in Rome. At least just for a little while when all of a sudden something happened. Demas forsook Paul, abandoned the ministry, and he left town. Why? Paul wrote about this sad situation saying that Demas, because he loved this world, hey, he's deserted me. He left me. And the Greek verb used in the original implies that Demas had not merely left Paul, but that he had separated himself in the lurch, which was he had abandoned him in a time of need. He had left him when Paul needed him the most and the apostle was in prison facing death, a death sentence. And it was when Demas chose to set sail and abandon him. Undoubtedly, Paul was deeply let down by Demas. No doubt there was a struggle that he, he didn't understand. It's never easy when you see a friend or a brother or a sister or somebody that you know that you've gone drawn close to, amen, abandon you or forsake you in the midst of a hardship. The separation caused by Demas, Demas' desertion of Paul, was not merely a spatial one, but a spiritual one. He separated himself. He left Rome because he fell in love with the world. He fell in love with the things of the world. In other words, Demas chose the corrupt value system of an unsaved world. Amen. A present world over heaven's values. We don't know the details of Demas' situation. But what we do know is evident is that Demas decided that what Satan has to offer in this life was better than what God had to offer in the next. 
Amen. So I present to you tonight, do not fall in love with this present world as Demas did. But find your way to keep on fighting the fight of faith. Keep on running and don't look back. Amen. Don't find a way or a place where you turn back on what God has already given you. But keep fighting. Amen. I am reminded of the story of David in 1 Samuel 30 and 1. It says, now I, it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day and the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziglag, attacking Ziglag and burned it with fire. And the Bible says, and he had taken captive the women and those who were there. From the small to the great, they did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and they went their way. And so David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and his people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until the Bible says they had no more power to weep. I wonder tonight how many of us have ever been in a situation where we've given all that we can give, where we've cried as hard as we can cry, and we've weeped every tear possible, and we found a place where there was nothing left to give, nothing left to pour out of yourself, because, Brother Ray, you'd given all you'd give, all you could give, amen. And so it is with these men who were weeping and, and, and so, so sorrowful because they had lost everything that they had. You see, the devil often has prepared an illusion to make things look worse than what they really are. I said the devil has prepared an illusion that often makes things look worse than what they really are. No doubt there were those who thought that all was lost. And that there were those who thought they would never see their family again. No doubt they were in love with their present world. They were in love with the things that they once had. A complacent, comfortable world that seemed to provide them with a temporary joy. Oh, if I could just visit or live in the moment of yesterday. How many times have we looked back and we wanted to see yesterday? You see, there is a danger in falling in love with a present world. You will always look back to see the good old days. But I wonder tonight, how many men, how many women have we in this place who have decided we are about to wrap up a new year? We're about to go into 2020 and we're going to hear all kinds of messages about a perfect vision year, Brother Ray, no doubt. But I am not interested in a new year. I am interested in a new life. I am interested in walking with Christ day by day. I don't need another new year. I need a new life. I need to walk in the, in the, in the will of the Lord. I need to find a place where I can separate myself from the present world and not fall in love with the things of the world that draw me away from my God. Amen. You see, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he said this. He said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things, the word says, become new. Amen. Ephesians 4, 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversations of the old man, which is in the corrupt corrupt according to the deceitful lust and we be renewed in the spirit of our mind 
Amen. And that we put on a new man, which after God is created in the righteousness and the true holiness. You see, I don't want just a new year. I want a new life. I want to walk and I don't want to fall in love with this present world. Because there's a danger of falling in love with a present world. Amen. I'm here to tell you tonight, don't fall in love with the present world. But know that God has a plan and for the future. And he is, he is looking for you to look forward. You see, I'm convinced that David had to feel a little bit like Paul. Because the scripture tells us that David had his two wives taken during this time. That the Amalekites came in and took things. His wives were taken captive. And the Bible says now David was greatly distressed. But I want you to take for a minute verse 6. He says, for the people spoke of stoning him. They spoke of taking his life because the soul of the other people was so grieved. Every man for his son and his daughter. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Amen. How many times have we walked a road of life where, Pastor Abbott, we've been trying to do what we know to do. And it seems like everything falls apart around us. And everything's falling apart with, the, uh, with everybody else. But, but they look at us and they blame us. And they say, it's your fault. And again, they lash out against authority. And they lash out against things. And the people who are trying to help them. Amen. So it is that David had to deal with the people turning their back on him. Amen. And sometimes you got to stand up on your own two feet and you got to dust your shoulders off and you got to say, you know what? I don't care what the world has to say. They may try to take my life, but here's what I know. I know that God is on my side. I know that God is walking with me. I know that God has entrusted me to do what I've been called to do. Amen. I'm going to stay with God and not fall in love with a present world. Amen. You see, David recognized that everybody had forsaken him. But one thing I know was in the back of his mind is that if he probably thought, if those people slay me, yet will I trust him? Because, you know, it's not about us. It's not about what we can do or how we, what we've accomplished. It's not about our title. It's not about the things that we've done for God. But it's about, like I've said before, what God has done for me. And I don't care where I go in life as long as I know that God is on my side. And David picked himself up. And the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And sometimes we got to encourage ourselves. Sometimes we got to look and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what everybody else around me wants. I'm going to do something for God and I'm going to look toward heaven. Because the world is just trying to tie me down. The world is just trying to get me to fall in love with it. Amen. And the Bible says that David inquired of the Lord. God, they've taken everything. The people want to kill me. I've done everything I can do. I've wept until I've got no tears to weep. I feel like I'm out of strength. 
I feel like I don't have anything else in me to give. So I want to ask you, what do you want me to do? And the Bible says, he said, shall I pursue the troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. You see, when you have God on your side, you don't have to worry about what other people think. You don't have to worry about what people think about you or what your walk with God is. Because you know what? When you begin to focus on the thing that's important, when you begin to focus on the things that really matter in life, when you begin to turn your back on the world and say, I will not love this present world, but I will turn my face toward God and I will inquire of the Lord what he chooses me to do. Amen. You will find a place where God, where God will begin to answer your prayers. You see, if we can learn to trust the Lord, deny the present world, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added to you. You see, David didn't just get a little bit of what he lost. He didn't just get his wives back. He just didn't get the daughters back. The Bible says that he recovered everything. He recovered all. Amen. And so we look and we find where John 15, 1 says, and Jesus says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that I may bear more fruit. You see, God will take what you have to give you more. He wants to bless your life and pour out blessings upon you that you're, you will not be able to contain. He wants you to know and he wants you to fall in love with him because he wants you to know that the world and the enemy doesn't have anything to offer you but a present world, a world that wants to destroy you, a world that wants to discourage you, a world that wants to try to take you out. Oh, but if we can fall in love with Jesus, you see, if we can fall in love with Jesus, amen, he wants to bless your life. He wants to pour out upon you blessings. You don't have to fall in love with the enemy and what he wants to present to you because the only thing he has to offer is a present world. But God is watching your life unfold and he's wanting you to, to look at you one day and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. John 15.3 says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, the Bible says you can do nothing. We can't do anything without God on our side. Make no mistake. It is in God that we live, we move, and we have our being. The scripture says, amen, he says, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain inside of you.
The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is what I, I need and I, cl- I cling to. Amen. I want to not love a present world, but I need to find Jesus in the middle of my trial, in the middle of my problem. Amen. I have, I have a mother who was in a horrible car accident, a car accident that, that mangled her legs, took her legs from her, took her ability to walk. Doctors said she'd never walk again. Doctors looked at her with three little children and said, you'll never stand up on your legs again. It was a present world that she was living in. A world that want to discourage her, that want to tell her that there's no hope, that there's nothing that, that, that doctors can do and there's nothing you can do. You're stuck in your situation. Her legs were so badly mangled that my dad had to carry her in and out of the car, in and out of the house. And the only thing she could do for two and a half years was lay on a bed. But you see, there came a a time in my life where I had this crazy idea that I wanted to play with matches. And so I started striking matches on an outside balcony two stories up. And I dropped one of the matches and the match fell on the sofa and the flames began to rise and fire began to burn. And I ran inside the house and I looked at my older sister and I said, don't go out there. There's fire out there. Not knowing that the fire could consume the entire house. Not understanding at that moment in my life that the fire wasn't going to stay, Pastor Abbott, in its own little spot. Amen. And so what happened? My mother who was laying in her bed, she looked around and, and she asked me, what's going on? What are you guys talking about this fire? And I said, the whole outside's on fire, Mom. Everything's on fire. We have to stay inside. And laying in a crib, she had just had two Brand new twin babies. So laying in a crib, unable to walk, flames consuming our house. I'm talking about living in a present world that seemed like there was no hope. That seemed like there was nothing she could do. She began to look at the flames and there's something that rose up inside of her. And she thought to herself, if I stay here, I'm going to die. If I don't do something right now, I'm going to die. And so she called all three of the older kids over. It was myself, my older sister, and and my, my two older sisters. She called us over and we stood next to her. And so she grabbed us and she held on to us and she tried her best to get out of a bed that she had been in for two and a half years. And so she put her feet, I remember her turning her body and she put her feet down on the ground and she began to stand up and and she fell backwards on the bed. She stood up again. She was wobbling trying to find some stable ground, trying to find a place where she could plant her feet, knowing the whole time I've got to get me and my babies out of this house, knowing that I can't live in this present world because if I do, I'll be consumed by fire. And so she finally stood up 
And she finally got her bearings. Never before stood on those legs before. But somehow she was able to stand up on her feet. And she just began to say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And she held on to all three of us. And she ran over to where the crib was. She walked over to where the crib was. She picked up one baby in one arm. She picked up another baby in the other arm. And she walked out of the house. And she began to walk down a flight of stairs that when Dr. said, you'll never walk again you'll never use your legs again but the whole time she's going down the stairs she's saying Jesus 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 because she knows there's power in the name of Jesus 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 and so she walked across all the way down the stairs and across the street and my dad came home from work scared to death the, the whole building is consumed in fire and he's asking the police or the, or the firemen where's my wife Where's my wife? The officers are telling her, I don't know. We don't know anything. And so he's panicking. And when he finally looks over at my mom he finally identifies her in a crowd and she's got her hands raised and she's standing on her feet amen and her children are around her because she just defeated her present world she just realized oh I'm not gonna let myself go out without a fight I'm not gonna let myself go out without trying and so I ask tonight, do not fall in love with a present world just because it's comfortable, just because it seems easier, does not mean that it's safer. Amen. You see, the Bible says these things I have spoken to you, that my joy remains in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no more than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. You are my friends. If you do not, if you do whatever I command you, he says no longer, 15, no longer, do I call you servants? For servants do not know what their masters are doing. But I have called you friends. For all things I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me. You did not choose me. The Bible says, I have chosen you. God, I am so thankful for the God who has chosen me, who has ordained me. You don't understand what God, what God wants to do in your life. It's not just that I want you to come to church. It's that he's chosen you. He has ordained your life. Amen. He's ordained your life. Amen.
He says, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask of my Father in my name, ye may give, I may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. See, there's a, there's a world, that, a present world that wants to try to destroy you. A present world that wants to tell you there's no hope. But you need to understand that when your haters are going to hate, the word says this. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. See, we live in a present world that does not want to help us live for God. It wants to tear us down because it wants to reject the things of God. You see, but the Bible says, he who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and, they, and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, be fulfilled which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. They hated me without a cause. You see, David in all his time with his men, you would think that they would just trust him and believe him. And hold on to the man of God. But they found a place that they were so desperate that they turned away from the man of God. And they turned away from the things of God. And they could not dust themselves off. And they could not encourage themselves. And so David had to inquire of the Lord. And sometimes we're going to be required to stand up on our feet and find God in the midst of a trial. When it seems like there's no hope. When we're destined to be in a present world. But you see, God wants you to know that you might be in the world, but the Bible says you're not of the world. You're in it, but you're not of it. See, I've called you out. I've set you aside. I've chosen you. You're my people, which are called by my name. And I'm thankful for a God. I'm closing tonight. I asked the praise team to come help me tonight. But this thought I leave with you. The world wants to hang on. And Satan wants to hang on to every soul he can get his paws on. But you see, I remember old... Sunday school song if the devil was a sly old fox I'd catch him I'd put him in a box I'd take the key lock the box and throw away the key and the devil won't be back to bother me but you see I said it earlier there's already a box prepared for him the Bible says that when God rose up he took the death, the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And one day, God's going to call his people home. And one day, he's going to Satan and throw him in his box and throw him in hell. Lock the doors and throw away the key. You see, 
Don't love this present world. But find Christ while you can. Because one day he's returning. My mother shared this story and I'm going to close with it tonight. It says that there were two children in a womb. Two babies. One asked the other, do you believe in life after delivery? The other replied, why, of course, there has to be something after delivery. Maybe we're here to prepare ourselves for what we will be later. Nonsense, said the first. There's no life after delivery. What kind of life would that be? The second said, I don't know, but there will be more light there than there is here. Maybe we will walk with our legs and eat with our mouths. Maybe we will have other senses that we can't understand right now. The first replied, that's absurd. Walking is impossible. And eating with our mouths is ridiculous. We live in a present world. The umbilical cord supplies nutrients and everything that we need. But the umbilical cord is so short. Life after delivery is to be illogical and logically excluded. The second insisted, well, I think there's something and maybe it's different than it is here. Maybe we won't need this physical cord anymore. The first replied, nonsense. And moreover, if there is life, then why has no one ever come back from there? Delivery is the end of life. And in the after delivery, there is nothing but darkness and silence and oblivion. It takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, said the second. But certainly, we will meet mother and she will take care of us. The first replied, mother, my God, you actually believe in a mother? That's laughable. If mother exists, where is she now? Where is she? I cannot see her. The second said, she's all around us. We are surrounded by her. We are of her. It is in her that we live. Without her, this world would not and could not exist. Well, I don't see her. So it's only logical that she does not exist. To which the second replied, sometimes, stand with me tonight, when you're in silence and you focus and you listen and can perceive her presence, you can hear her loving voice calling down from above. And so it is maybe tonight the best explanation of a God that we serve. That if you could just raise your hands right now and begin to listen for the voice of God. Begin to talk and listen to the voice that is crying out, I love you. I've chosen you for such a time as this. 
These altars are open tonight, and I want to invite you down for anybody who wants to talk with God tonight to let you know that you don't have to live in a present world, that you don't have to live in a world of deceit and deception, that you don't have to live in a place that will reject you. But you can find a God who loves you and who's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. is waiting. God is going to knock on the hearts of every man tonight. He's looking for somebody who's willing to listen and to say, I'm done. I'm done with a world that doesn't care about me, that doesn't love me. And so I'm going to walk to Jesus. I'm not going to fall in love with the present world. But I'm going to love Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. These altars are open tonight. Let's respond to the presence of the Lord tonight. Let's respond tonight to his word. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What an incredible word we've heard tonight. Amen. In the presence of the Lord. And the world would love nothing better but to pull you in and blind you and, and trick you and give you all these false hopes. Amen. But this is a place tonight where you can lift your hands and you can surrender everything to God. Amen. The world wants to bombard you with, with situations and trials. Amen. But God wants to give you peace. God wants to give you joy tonight. Amen. God wants to give you hope tonight. Amen. I wonder tonight if we're just right where we're at, if we can come to the front tonight. Amen. And we can respond to this message. If we can respond in the presence of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah.
You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Amen. We're so excited tonight to see what God is doing in Jesse's life. This is Adrian's brother. God's really been moving in his life. And the youth have, we all been kind of just getting together. He wanted a Bible study last week. We gave him a Bible study last week. And he's just really hungry for what God is doing. And we're excited that, that he has taken this step tonight. Amen. To, to further his relationship with God. Amen. He's ready to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give him a hand. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to baptize him tonight in the name of Jesus. Jesse Chavez, upon the confession of your faith in obedience to the word of God, I now baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. one more tonight. She's going to get baptized. Her name is Katie Silva, and we're excited to see what God is doing in her life. How many is excited to see the kingdom of God grow? Amen. This is what it's all about tonight, and it's all about new babes coming to the Lord, and we're excited of what God is doing here at ALC. Katie Silva, upon the confession of your faith 
in obedience to the word of God, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop 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 working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop, 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 you never stop working. Amen. One more time, right where we're at. If you're a visitor, if you're a saint, if you've been here for a long time or you just showed up tonight, I wonder if we could just close our eyes one more time and lift our hands and just thank God for what he's doing in this place, for what he's doing in lives, for what he's going to do. Let's just lift our hands right now in the presence of the Lord. God, we thank you, God, tonight, God, for what you've done. God, we thank you tonight, God. Hallelujah, God, for the lives, God, that you're touching in the lives that you're saving. God, we give you all the praise. 
God, we give you all the glory. God, we clap our hands to you. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus.